Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is November 10th, 2019. And it is about 3.30 in the morning. So I want to talk about my weekend, which was bittersweet. So let us get into it. So the earlier part of the week, I discovered um, that I was surrounded by a bunch of people who were, who are psychopaths, not in a manner of serial killers, but in a manner of them being emotionally detached from empathy. And if you would like to hear more about my experience, go to the last two podcasts that I had created um, before this particular podcast. There is a part one and there is also a part two. So as the week progressed, I realized something. I would say one thing to people and they would hear something else. And it's not just what one person It's with multiple people at the same time. And as I was self-reflecting, I was saying to myself, you know, this is like a domino effect. If something transpires with one person, it hits the next person and the next and the next and the next and the next and the next. Like dominoes. And I was saying to myself, what is it? Because this has been happening since January, actually, of this year, when one person has a specific anthem, everybody ends up with this exact same anthem. There was a time um, during this year that I noticed how everyone was around me was stagnant. And even when I brought it to their attention, they didn't see it. It's like their eyes were open, but they can't see. Their natural eyes were open, but their spiritual eyes were closed. There were some people who I didn't even understand how they were not having moments of deja vu. And I would say, do you know that around this time last year and the year before that, And the year before that, you've said the same exact thing. And it's almost like when you speak, it's brand new for you. Do you notice that? And the person would say, no, I had no idea. I said, well, you have been saying the same thing around this time for the last several years. And again, that anthem wasn't just happening with one person. It was like a domino effect. It would start with one person and then go on to the next and the next and the next and the next until it got to the last domino person. And so this week, the same thing 
has happened. This week, I recognize not only am I surrounded by psychopaths, but also I noticed that I would say one thing and the person would hear something else. And it would happen with one person after another on the heels of each other. And I said, what in the world <laughs> is happening? So, the thing that I've... Um, here's what I had to do. I was talking to someone and I said, hey, I'm not feeling well. Uh, it happens sometimes, from time to time. And so I'll get up with you another day. Um, I'll see when your schedule is free and when my schedule is free and we'll get together. And the person said, oh, it's cold outside and you don't want to be bothered. So let's just wait till the spring. And I said, what, what? That's not what I just said. <laughs> but she wasn't the only person that has said that. There's been several people that has said uh, the phrase, you don't want to be bothered. I say one thing and they hear something completely different. It's like they're reading in the lines, in between the lines of something that is not there. And I said, why do these people think that I don't want to be bothered? If I felt like I didn't want to be bothered, they should know me well enough to know that I will just say so. Or I will just say no. But that's not what is crossing these people's minds. And for an example, I can tell someone, Hey, I'm going to get these yellow unicorn socks. And they'll be so busy thinking that they'll say, oh, Okay, white sock. And I'll say, No, the yellow unicorn sock. Okay, the white sock, I can see why you want the white sock. And at that point, I just say to myself, well, it must not be meant to be for them to hear what I had just said, and I'll leave it alone. And later on down the line, I'll say, hey, I washed my yellow sock, and the colors on it started to bleed, and uh, it's looking a little purplish now. But you said you had bought a white sock. I said, no. I bought a yellow unicorn sock. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't say that. And they're yelling and they're irate. And what it is is these people are trying to stop me from lying to them. And I'll say, hey, listen. I didn't say that to you. I told you X, Y, Z. You repeated something else. I told it to you multiple times and you still heard something other than what I just said. And you're so busy thinking that I am lying to you and your little pride had kicked in. And so now you want to try to stop me from lying to you when I'm completely innocent. So let me ask you a question. What check am I getting in the mail for misleading you, deceiving you, and lying to you? 
out of all of my goals, dreams, and aspirations, how are any of them going to be accomplished by lying to you, deceiving you, and misleading you? How, Sway? How? And you want to know something, tribe? These people stop, and they think, and they never respond. Because they know that um, I'm telling the truth. I have a very valid point, And I'm right. And so I'll say to them, out of all this time I've known you, I have never lied to you, dishonored you, disrespected you, mistreated you, deceived you, did anything childish, petty, or dysfunctional to you. If there was something wrong, I would just say that there's something wrong. And so why is it all of a sudden, all this time later, all of these years later, am I going to do something like that? Why would I put myself in a position to all of a sudden not be trusted because of lying? Why would I do that? Does that make logical sense to you? And the person will keep quiet. The interesting thing is, tribe, that nobody ever apologizes. They don't apologize right then and there. They don't apologize the next day. It's like they sweep it under the rug and pretend as if nothing had ever happened and move on from it. But for me, personally, I feel like this is... It's childish, it's dysfunctional, it's abusive, it's bad communication. And I begin to take a step back from people that are that way. Adults whose behavior is dysfunctional. When a person does not acknowledge what I have said, and the point that I've made, and they just pretty much move on or keep it pushing, I personally don't like that. I cannot live my life sweeping things under the rug and pretending as if nothing happened. Over time, that builds up animosity, resentment, anger and distrust it for me the situation has to be acknowledged and resolved and let go of but other people psychopaths are not this way at all whatsoever and the way that I see it is that these people are mentally and emotionally underdeveloped meaning whatever age they were when a particular traumatic experience has happened that's the age in which the person has stopped growing so physically the person is getting older every year that goes by every month that goes by they're physically getting older, but spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, they're 
they are still children. This is why you see people who are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old who are still childish, still petty, still immature, and still needing to go through uh, a healing process that they should have gone through a decade ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. They hadn't, whether it was by choice or by blindness, they hadn't gone through that process where they needed to get back to their inner child and do their work. So here I am, who, a person who is always developing, maturing, growing and learning. I'm surrounded by people who are not on the same wavelength. So what is a girl to do? Well, I've decided when I was in college, I learned that it's not a good thing to offer your help to people who don't ask for it. It is best to wait for people to ask. Not everybody wants to help and not everybody needs to help. And some people don't even recognize that they even need help. They think that all is well. So, if nobody asks me, I don't say. I don't even tell them what it is that I'm doing. So what makes an adult an adult? Age has nothing to do with adulthood. What makes an adult an adult is taking care of their responsibilities. A person who takes care of their responsibilities, a person who takes accountability, and a person who strives to do what is right, even though they will never be perfect. There is no perfect human being. But the least that a person could do is be noble, have integrity, excuse me, be genuine, be honest, and put God first. That That is so important in this lifetime. It is very important to put God first. So, the point of uh, me talking about how people hear something other than what I said. In the Bible, there uh, is a spirit, the church calls it, and maybe you've heard of it, the church calls it a Leviathan spirit. You can go on YouTube and just put in a search bar, Leviathan spirit, and you'll get a lot of different churches um, talking about it. And everyone has their own version of the Leviathan spirit. It just depends on um, what their experience was and what life lesson they had to learn at that particular time 
um, that apply to them. So anyhow, the Bible talks about the Leviathan spirit. If you go into the book of Job, um, I believe it's um, chapter 41, um, God is having a conversation with Job and vice versa. And the first sentence says something to the effect, um, can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down its tongue with a cord? Um, if you go to the book of Isaiah, um, I believe it's chapter 27, you'll see um, um, a sentence that says, Leviathan, the twisting serpent. So if you're a spiritual person, this would be of interest to you. Where you say one thing and people hear something other than what you have said. This uh, uh, spiritually is referring to a Leviathan spirit. There are particular scriptures that, um, uh, not scriptures, prayers, excuse me, uh, specific prayers that you can pray um, against this Leviathan spirit. And you will begin to see a change um, as I am a firm believer in God hears all prayers and the prayers of the righteous availeth much. As for me, I am going to take the time to delve deeper into the reason why I am learning this lesson. The lesson of, I say one thing and people hear something else. And I am quite sure um, when it's time for it to be revealed to me, it will be revealed. I remember meeting a girl um, who had a chemical imbalance and... One of the things that she would do was think quickly. Now, there's uh, the normal um, term that is used that says, think quick on your toes. That's what you need to make a split decision. And you have to be calm enough to, you know, make a, a split decision. Um, but hers was quicker than normal. And... I would say to her, even under pressure, she would think quickly. And I said to her, girl, you know, you think really fast. It's like at the at the speed of light. How do you do that? And she says, I don't know. <laughs> and I met another female who she had that same capability. She would think so fast. But the second person... When she would think fast, she would hear something else. And I, I I, never mentioned anything to her. I just oftentimes wondered, how the hell do these people do that? And so I discovered that um, it is something that is associated with bipolar disorder.
And I have learned uh, uh, through experience that there are four um, um, things that are in connection with the bipolar disorder. It can be a mood, as in um, anxiety, or or mood swings, or just a sudden onset of sadness. It can be behavioral, which is uh, um, what I've experienced mostly from people is agitation, or crying, or restlessness, hyperactivity. Um, bipolar disorder can come in the form of a cognitive disorder, meaning um, a false belief of superiority, or racing thoughts, or um, unwanted thoughts. It can be psychological, and that's where the um, depression comes from, and paranoia. It can be weight gain or weight loss. It could be um, with sleep, where they have difficulty falling asleep or uh, excess in sleepiness. Um, it could be frenzied speaking, where a person goes, This is what I've experienced with bipolar people. They, people who have bipolar disorder just cannot handle stress and just cannot handle uh, pressure and it makes them uh, explode and they also have these racing thoughts this is where um, they think faster than the speed of light that's what I call it anyhow and they um, if they sit too quietly for too long they have they have these negative thoughts now these negative thoughts don't come from out of nowhere something happens that triggers these random thoughts the problem is it goes um, I want to call it delusion it goes into delusion like a person may think everybody is out to get them when no one is there. No one wants to do them any harm. In fact, people are actually trying to either keep them at a distance or completely cut them out of their lives for good. And um, that's the part that comes out of nowhere. I call this an idle mind. And an idle mind is the devil's playground. These projected words ends up in pictures, and I and I say that uh, in jest. These words and these pictures that come into their mind, they actually start to believe them. I remember one girl; she had bipolar disorder, and she said to me. The devil told me that my husband was at home cheating on me. And so I went home and he wasn't there. And then the devil told me they are under the bed. And she said that she looked under the bed and there was no one there. And then the devil told her they're hiding in the closet. And she looked through all of the closets in the apartment 
and no one was there. An idle mind is the devil's playground. That's how paranoia comes into place. And it's like an onslaught of a spiritual attack. And so you have to be mind mindful of not having any hobbies, not having um, at least two or three healthy relationships with people. Not everyone is like you. You're not for everyone and everyone is not for you. And that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Everyone has their own tribe. And everyone belongs to a specific tribe. So, <laughs> here's the good part. <laughs> and the good part is going to be um, fairly quick. I met two random people this week. And we had a very random conversation. And one of the people that I met had experienced a midlife crisis. And he told me that when he went through his crisis, what pro propelled him into solitude was that he was dead and stinking broke, flat broke. He had zilch, nada, nothing. And so he looked into Buddhism because he realized that spiritually that was the only place that he could turn for answers. And with going through Buddhism, he had to refrain from sex and from the things that he had liked and he needed to look within himself. And in the process of him looking within, he also had to take a look at the history of his culture. And he said something very profound. He said in his isolation, he had discovered and understood where his where he had influence and gifts. And he had to learn um, where to apply his energy. I'm going to say that again. He discovered where he had influence and gifts, meaning he discovered what his life purpose was and how to do it and when to give his energy to fulfill that life purpose. And in order to utilize and capitalize off of his life purpose, he had to have gifts in unison with his influence. The other thing he said was he found a way to simplify the experiences that he had in his life that was 
unnecessary. He got rid of the unnecessary uh, um, memories of his experiences of his calling. So to rephrase it, when it comes to fulfilling your purpose in life, when you utilize your influence and your gifts, you have to um, let go of those experiences that don't serve you. And let me tell you something, I took notes because I know that I am going through a midlife crisis, which by the way, isn't really a crisis. It is a spiritual awakening. And so I know that um, I'm going through this spiritual awakening. I know what my purpose in life is, which is to be a pastor and um, to guide people, to bring people to a place of maturity, to teach them what their gifts and their talents is, to tell them the reason why they are born. I know that I am to teach people to put God first in all things. And no matter what happens to you in your lifetime, you never, never blame God and you never disconnect from God. That's like not wisdom at all whatsoever. And I say that because God is your protection. Even if you're a person that has experienced molestation or rape, kidnapping, some form of abuse, whatever it is, you weren't particularly protected in that sense, but you are alive to bring people from out of that dark place and into light. You are alive to teach people how you made it through, how to forgive, not forget, but to let go. I've learned in life that when you learn life lessons through love, you actually have peace. You are not to um, have an emotional or an mental attachment to that life lesson. And that's the part that will need the most work. The part where you cannot have an attachment to the lesson. And I promise you, you will have peace. So I was very thankful for meeting that gentleman. I really, really was. And um, I was blessing God and my heart for sending this random person my way to um, help me through this spiritual awakening because I am really doing it um, with God and, and on my own. There's no human to help me through it. But I am a firm believer in you grow through what you go through. And if you are not growing, you're not going. You're, you're just stagnant or stuck, spiritually stuck. 
And when you're spiritually stuck, you're naturally stuck. Your finances don't increase. Your love life don't change. Your relationships around you, they don't change. You're stuck in a neighborhood that you really don't want to be in. You're stuck in an apartment that you really don't want to be in. Anything that has not increased is an indication that spiritually you are stuck. So the second person that I met randomly, I bump into this person from time to time on my way to work. And we have really quick um, conversations that um, probably to him it doesn't mean anything. But to me, who is spiritually woke, um, I can see the lesson in it. So anyhow, this man is showing me the area where I still have trust issues. And I had to self-reflect on that. Um, I did come a long way from my trust issues. But there are still some left that is preventing me from moving forward. And when I self-reflected, I had to get down to what it was, and I discovered that I don't trust people to emotionally protect me. And that's something that I never got from my father. And my father is somebody that I did not know my entire life. And I actually met him, um, I believe, in my late 20s. I do remember having, um, knowing what he looked like when I was in elementary school. I do have two or three memories of that. But going forward, up until my late 20s, he was non-existent. And I had needed him in my life to protect me emotionally. And so this is where my trust issues lie at this moment in time. And so I have to resolve this because I personally, I know the value of growing and maturing and um, moving forward and I know the value in mastering the art of letting go. And if I want my money to increase and I want my life experiences to have more meaning, I'm going to need to face this head on. The other thing he's showing me is that I need to learn how to uh, allow a man to lead and to submit to a man. And so, you know, this is very hard for an independent woman. The only thing I've known in all of my entire life is to do it myself. I actually had no other choice but to do it myself. I was forced into doing it myself. And so I've come to a place where I now have to relinquish that. 
and to allow a man to do it, to lead, and to trust him in leading, and to trust him in uh, protecting me emotionally. So again, I highly doubt that this guy is doing this on purpose. <laughs> I don't think anything that he's telling me about is intentional. I think that nothing happens for I think that everything happens for a reason, and it's all due in its season, and there is a reason why I am learning this at this particular time, in this particular winter season, as it literally, in the month of November, is winter. And so in the midst of this, I discovered what it is that my soul needs when it comes to being in a marriage and I need to feel protected and I need to feel feel supported I need sexual chemistry intellectual stimulation and an emotional attachment <laughs> that's a mouthful right <laughs> But this is what self-reflection does for me. I discover things when I uh, talk to God and do my work. So in my conclusion, tribe, I just want to say to you that when it comes to um, just going through your, your midlife crisis, just... Take the time that you need to, to go through it. This too shall pass. Discover um, anything that applies to you in specific. Don't be, do not become influenced by anyone. Um, because you don't, you, you want to have your own reasons as to why you're doing what you're doing and why you're not doing what you're not doing. Do not be influenced by anyone. The other thing I want to tell you is do not allow an idle mind because it is the devil's playground. The other thing I want to tell you is to self-reflect. If you need to do it every day, every other day, once a week, whatever the case may be. Do your inner work, your inner work, by self-reflecting. You can find all types of things on YouTube. And I keep mentioning YouTube because YouTube has a plethora of information. Somebody went through something before you did, and somebody made a video about it. Um, the other thing that I do want to tell you is... Pay attention to the random conversations that you have with random people that you meet throughout your lifetime. I remember I was having just a bad day. It was just a bad day. And I was trying to pull a shopping cart out from amongst other shopping carts. And I was like, oh, my God, 
Why am I having such a bad day? And the man said to me, it was an old man. He said to me, that's because you never paid your dues in life. Yeah. The other thing that I want to tell you is don't, don't take the actions of other people's behavior personal. It's literally about them and not about you. They may be childish. They may be dysfunctional. They may be experiencing things that trigger them into feeling abandoned or rejected or worthless. They may need to resolve their own childhood traumas. You know, it's a whole bunch of things that people experience. What I do want to add to that is these people that you're constantly coming into contact with, male or female or both, young, old, in between, no matter what their ethnicity is, they all have a common denominator. These particular people, yeah, that's your tribe. Somewhere in there <laughs> lies your 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 influence. <laughs> and I'm laughing because, you know, it's a crazy thing. But again, a midlife crisis is not really a midlife crisis. It's a spiritual awakening. And when you learn the life lesson, without the emotional attachment, you have found love. So don't take the people you're surrounded by personally. Only help those who ask for help. And do not let dysfunctional people latch onto you. Be elusive. Keep them at a distance. Even if you're not busy, don't answer their call. Don't answer their, their texts. Don't answer them on social media. Don't always be available to them and don't let them figure you out the moment you recognize that they're trying to size you up that is the moment that you need to start to switch up and when they directly ask you a question pertaining to your privacy you just let them know you keep certain things private the same way that they keep certain things private That'll nip all of that in the bud with them. The other thing I want to add to it is that diet and exercise does help. So I've been doing a, a, a diet, in, but in moderation, so to speak. I, I particularly, because of my blood type, I have to have red meat. And I choose for it to be steak. Um, so with that being said, I have been... Uh, implementing a plant-based diet as well as eating my steak. Um, I have also been doing some stretches. Uh, I go on YouTube and I find a short video, five to seven minutes long, where I do stretching um, every other day or once every three days. It just depends on um, my schedule. And what it is I experienced that day. And the thing that I've noticed with um, um, a light exercise and dieting is 
that my mind is a lot clearer and I feel physically um, stronger, healthier, and, and a little bit more vibrant. So I do encourage you to implement that. I want to thank you for taking the last 45 minutes of your time to come in and listen to my audio journal podcast. As usual, I do hope that um, you've gleaned much from this podcast, and I do hope that you apply the lessons that you have learned. And do remember that when you learn something new, life will test you. If you fail the test, it will keep repeating itself over and over again until you get it right. Shalom.